cue the sweet intro music and hold on to your lug nuts because it is time for episode four of the Baron Vaughn Fantasy BS Podcast. A quick note, there is no sweet intro music and holding on to your lug nuts probably isn't helpful. Anyway, I'm your host, Baron Vaughn Seahawks, aka Trevor, and we have an action-packed show for you today, as we always have an action-packed show for you today because that's what I always say. But, in all seriousness, I followed through with my promise of securing an interview with the pod. I think that it's way more entertaining to listen to other people talk than to listen to myself talk. So that should be good. We had Rob, Drew, and Kenny on a bit of a panel discussion thing. Uh, There were some good talk... There were no tacos, but there were some good topics that came up that I hadn't thought of and uh, that I would like to try and incorporate going forward, so we can look forward to that. Um, But first we'll start off by recapping last week's matchups, and then we'll go into, of course, the transactional review. Actually, a lot of transactions this week, so that should be exciting, unless you're one of the teams that did not make any, any transactions, in which case, I don't know, hope you're doing something. Uh, After that, we'll go straight into the interview, um, that panel we talked about, and then uh, that went actually pretty long. I want to keep, I want to make that basically the meat of the podcast, so we'll try and keep the rest of it short. I'll quickly go over the playoff odds and uh, current playoff seeding of the league. I will just recap my pick'em. I actually did the pick'em with the interviewees and so i'll just recap my picks in case you forgot and then we'll finish off with the hot takes which of course means anything that i want to talk about it doesn't have to be a hot take it doesn't have to be spicy it just has to be you know something that i like listening to myself say so we'll get into that and then wrap it up so let's get into those recaps um starting off with yours truly there's no easy way to say it. Rob just went out there and put me in my place. I can talk about how I didn't go out and play my game, but at the end of the day, Rob just played better, and he got the W his first. And that W actually happened to almost double his playoff odds. So it was good for him, not good for me. But we're moving on. We're taking it one game at a time. That's in the past, and we're we're looking forward to Drew. Which is another tough game, but, you know, we just hope to go out there, play our game, put up 125 points, and let the chips fall where they fall. The next matchup to review, we've got Cody, our defending champion, going up against Birkback Mountain, our newly crowned best name in the league. Uh, Actually picked by the league, so it was the only one in the running. But... Cody, he put up a good game, uh, 91.2. That's nothing to sniff at, but Burke just edged him out. Um, The next game to review, we've got our high-scoring game of the week, which was Bill versus Tyler Warner, Dak Vader. Bill, of course, being slow, white, and ugly. His team name, though in real life, I think... I bet he is slow and white, but he's not ugly, so he's got that going for him. Anyway, he goes up against Tyler Warner, and what do you know, Bill goes out there and puts up the third highest score in the league this week. Uh, I had been trying to talk him up. I think he does have a good team. 
Uh, unfortunately, he went up against the highest scoring team of the league, Tyler Warner, and falls to 0-4. Uh, not looking good for him, but like I said, I think, I don't know if the playoffs, I don't know. I don't think he's an 0-4 team is all I'm saying. Uh, moving from our highest score down to our lowest score, we've got Dan versus Adam. And I think the real the real story here, I mean, we know that Dan's team really relies on the Packers, and the Packers had a fine game. The real thing that made this not a close game is probably the Panthers by Adam's pretty Panthers heavy. And when they don't play, it's really hard for him to score points. Uh, 70's not going to cut it, it doesn't matter who you play really. So moving on from our lowest game, we'll go lowest scoring game. We'll go on to, uh, it's probably our second highest scoring game. I didn't actually do the math in the spirit of not doing any preparation for this. But we have Kev going up against Kenny. And Kev throws up a very respectable 101.2, a lot based on Andrew Luck, who I have been down on, um, apparently mistakenly. But unfortunately for Kevin, Kenny's got a super good team. Super good team. Put up 138.8, handing Kev yet another loss. Um, And then our last matchup to review, we've got... Oh, we've got our matchup of the week last week, which is Degen Anonymous, Drew Tonymous, versus Historical Heroes, Jordan Hales, also known as the Spanish Fork City Treasurer. And, you know, whatever treasury skills he has seem to have worked. He earned himself five extra points over Drew. I know Drew was sweating that one out Monday as Tyree Kill and the Chiefs were playing didn't quite get enough to overcome Jordan, but that puts Jordan at a solid 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Still just outside the playoffs according to projections, but sitting in a very good spot, I think. Um, that's it for the recap of the matchups. I'd just like to quickly recap the transactions for those of you who happen to live under a rock or maybe hide your head under your mattress because you're scared of fantasy football. Uh, The first transaction we'll get to, I think they're in reverse order. Honestly, there's a lot of scribbles. I have no idea what the logic behind this was. So the number one transaction, we have Rob getting Corey Davis, wide receiver for the Titans, from Kev in exchange for Jay Ajayi, running back from Philadelphia. I think Kev got the better end of this deal. I know Rob's got some positional need as far as wide receiver goes and I do think that Corey Davis is on the upswing as far as points he's going to be scoring but I believe the same is true for Jay Ajayi I've heard that Philadelphia's trying to make him more of a bell cow and less of the team leader of the running back by committee so I think Kev won that one but honestly I think it's probably going to end up being good for both teams uh, which is all you like to see that in trades. I mean, I'm not the best at it. Uh, we'll, we might get into that a little bit later. But, I mean, it's always good when there's win-win situations. Or, in the words of the great Michael Scott, win-win-win situations when the mediator also happens to win. Uh, the next transaction we are looking at also involves Kev. And that transaction is the addition of Taysom Hill. Kev, I don't know if there's something you know that we don't know, but 
I know for a fact you're not that big of a BYU homer, so why you seem to be collecting them, I... I honestly don't know. I'm pretty confident in saying that Taysom's not deserving of a roster spot yet, but, you know, you just gotta do you, and maybe he's the team leader your team needs to put you over the edge, so good on you for supporting local collegiate players from Idaho. Now we get to the meat and potatoes of the transactions, which are... You know, the ones involving me. That's what everyone comes here to listen to. The first transaction, it was actually the second transaction I offered, but it was the first one that, well, it was a whole mess. Basically, I had intended on trading one of my tight ends, uh, figured that uh, one of the trades was not going to be accepted, so I offered another trade. Ended up trading both of my tight ends, which wasn't intentional, but I also don't regret it. I think... Rob's brought up a couple of times in private conversations that streaming tight ends a viable strategy. It wasn't the one that I was planning on using, but, you know, we haven't hit the trade deadline yet, so maybe I don't end up using C. Ozuoma or whatever the guy I picked up is. You know, Tyler Eifert's backup. That guy. Anyway, so the first of those trades that I realized was accepted was... Robinson, the receiver for the Bears, who Trubisky, and I mean Trubisky is a whole other bag of worms that we won't get into, but his number one receiver I traded from Adam for George Kittle, the the PFF, what is that, the player football focus, number one tight end so far this year as far as job performance. It's not fantasy related or even talent related. I think he's a top five fantasy scoring tight end. I traded him trying to get off the 49ers both for moral reasons as a fan of a different NFC West team, but then also with the injury of Jimmy GQ, I just, I wanted to get off San Francisco. And so once again, I thought this trade worked out for both teams. I liked the trade. It seems like Adam liked the trade, and it should work out for both of us. Uh, Speaking of me, the other trade that I was involved in was a bit bigger of a trade where I sent Jarvis Landry, Tevin Coleman, and Zach Ertz to my dad, Bill, aka Slow White Ugly. Once again, just Slow and White. He's not ugly. That's just his team name. Uh, But I received Julio Jones, or as I guess since I got him from Bill, the correct pronunciation is Julio Hones. But I got Julio, I got Sonny Michelle, the uh, sort of the downhill back for the Patriots, and then John Brown, bit of a possession wide receiver for the Ravens. I will say that Kenny immediately didn't like that I had made the trade. He thought that my team was worse. I personally happened to be trying to move off of Coleman. I know Devontae Freeman's coming back, and while Coleman does get a lot of carries even when Freeman plays, I I mean, you'll find out further on why it was time for me to part ways with Tevin Coleman. But know that I own him in like four other leagues, so he is a player that I like. Uh, I also tried to get off Ertz, not because I was intending on streaming tight ends, but I thought there was value there that I I wasn't using as far as point production. Um, And I do like Julio. 
I am big on Sonny Michelle. I thought he had a really good game last week, and depending on who the Patriots play, I think he's going to get lots of touches. Seems like a pretty talented back. Uh, some of us don't feel like we need to quote-unquote win the trade. I think, you know, some of us strive for those win-win situations, or in the case of once again, Michael Scott, we've got win, win, win. The final transaction we'll discuss, it was a pretty, it was a one for one. It was Jared Cook from Rob's team going to Jordan for Kenny Stills. Jared Cook being the tight end and I believe leading receiver so far this year for the Raiders. For Kenny Stills, who's technically the number two receiver for the Dolphins, I thought that Jordan got the better end of this deal by a pretty big margin. I haven't looked to see if Rob, I guess, so he's going with Njoku, so the tight end spot he didn't really need, and he is definitely wide receiver short, so maybe it works out for both of them. It's not one I would do, but, you know, I'm not the expert. I'm just tied for the winningest owner in the league. What do I know? So let's get into the interview. Uh, Like I said, it was more of a panel discussion with myself, Kenny, Drew, and Rob. Uh, Various topics. I was more of a moderator, but, you know, I'll always put in my input. Well, I think that brings us into our first question of the the interview, Kenny. Let's do it. Uh, Drew and Rob have been prepped on all the questions, so you're... (laughs) We brought you in for your hot takes, unprepared and unfiltered. Okay. Uh, First question, we'll start with Drew. Who is on your trading block? Who's on your team that you're looking to move, you're open to offers for? I'll move anybody. Uh, There's there's nobody that I'm not willing to trade. But at the top of my list, definitely Fournette. Um, and I'm more than happy to ship y'all in with him. Yeah. See, that's that's covering both bases. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, the top of my looking list, though, um, Bell sitting on IR, not doing anybody any good. Shout out to Cody. Cody, Bell, make me an offer. Make me an offer, Cody. Uh, Harry is on my. He's ready. Uh, Kenny, what's your trading block look like? Uh, man, I'm the same. Anything's open. I would like Mahomes off limits though. That's been a great, great find. But yeah, I'm always open to anything as far as trade goes. Except for Mahomes. Except for Mahomes. Uh-huh. Rob. I got nobody on the trading block. I'm standing pat. Nobody <laughs> on the trading block. There's a hot take for you. Yeah. Shady deals. To no deals. I mean, that can obviously change. But as of right now, I'm going to see what's going on in the waiver wire. Yeah, looking at my team, I don't think there's anyone that's not on the trading block. Um, at the, towards the top, I would say Kareem Hunt. I'm not quite as big on the Chiefs as some people are, so if I could move him for somebody who was not on the Chiefs, that would be something I'd look at. I think the better segue from that question would be, how how do you want people to trade? How does What's the process of a trade? How does this happen? I'll start with Rob. Go ahead and start this one. So, obviously, I send out a lot of offers. If I offer you something that may be questionable, yeah, if you get one of those offers, I prefer you to counter it if you are interested in the player, or give me some knowledge and let me know whether or not we're even on the same page. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get crappy offers in the same ballpark. So, for one, just communicate whether it's text, whatever. Let me know one way or another if you're interested. So Otherwise, just, you're going to get spammed. Just to follow up your answer, make sure that I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying that these BS trade offers that people are receiving are their own fault. 
Yeah. Even though they're coming from a centralized. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So for me personally, I really enjoy when Robert just spams me, though. I don't like to counter him because two or three times a year, you'll get that trade offer from Rob where you look at it and you go, wait, was Rob high when he made this trade offer? <laughs> And uh, so if you just don't counter him and you get those, then you can take advantage of him. So well, he's I mean, known to slip up every now and then, not often. But there's definitely a method to my madness. Yeah. For sure. Kenny, how do you? What do you look at? I would. I look at what I need and what I'm giving. Like I feel I'm deep at running back. I'm weak at receiver. That wasn't the truth. Well, so how are you making that valuation? Are you looking at the points they've scored so far? The points. Going in the future, or have you got some sort of secret candy ranking system? Yeah, that... maybe. Uh, I am in first right now, so I don't know if I want to tell you the secret ranking Jeez. But, serious. a little bit of both. <laughs> I take into consideration what they've done and what is yet to come. We talk about Kamara all the time. Yeah. He has, I think, his best games are now behind him. But they are coming back. Don't see the touchdowns. You still see the catch, the receiving game there, but the double-digit carries have gone. I mean, you're the local Saints expert, so I <laughs> want to defer to your knowledge, but after seeing what Kamara's done so far, it's hard for me to say that. I mean, it's not like Ingram wasn't around all season last year either, so yeah. Well, so I think we'll start with Kenny this one. What's your biggest surprise of this season so far, either within the league or within the NFL? or My biggest surprise, we talked about this, was how many trades actually go on fantasy football league. Been in another fantasy football league for ten years now, and there has been more trades in one week in this league than there has been in the previous ten years of that other league. So it makes it much more fun. Um you're very capable of improving your team, not only through transactions through the waiver wire, but people actually make trades. Even if they're really bad, Kevin. Uh, or Rob, I mean there's no reason to point the finger at his yeah. fingers. But that's <laughs> but that tends to be that's been really happen. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Drew, your biggest surprise. Um Rob. Rob is my biggest surprise. You no, know, I'll be honest, that was gonna be my biggest surprise as well. He still hasn't managed to find a win. Yeah. It's looking good right now. He's give it a day. He's made a bunch of uh efforts, but he hasn't found a win. As of this recording, he's probably projected to be plus 20 over me. Not something that I'm happy about, but... On pod lunch bet, I will make the playoffs. Oh, I will take that bet. There we go. That might be giving away money, Rob, but we'll see how it goes for you. (laughs) Only for Drew. What was your biggest surprise of the season? I contributed to it, but I think Tyler Warner's team is very good. They are extremely good. I would be surprised if they're not... Top three in the power rankings this week. I think the only person that can stop that team from not only making the playoffs, but doing well in the playoffs is Tyler Warner. <laughs> he can find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Though the same could be said for a number of teams. Mine included. Um, the most important game of this past week or the past week? Uh, probably this past Well, I mean, either one. If you think that the pivot is next week, that's... I think... If you end up winning this week, this victory is probably the most important. Uh, as we said earlier on the podcast and power rankings, you are very close to being playoff ineligible, and the win today would be a big help for your team. Yeah, this is a big week. Yeah. I wouldn't be making that bet if I didn't win today. So if you somehow sneak this out tomorrow and Kareem Hunt goes crazy for six touchdowns, then I may disappear from this pod forever. But... Kareem Hunt, if you're listening. <laughs> 
any surprises for you, Drew? Uh, I think week three had the biggest game of the season. Um, Robert losing to Adam. Oh. Adam told us at basketball that he doesn't really care and doesn't really try with his team, and he still won. <laughs> After getting some help from me, I let him know that a couple of his players weren't actually playing that week. I actually saw Adam at a wedding this week, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So we're already on the next week. He once again brought up how proud he was over he about also his victory over Rob. was nice enough to jab me a little at basketball on Tuesday over it. So yeah, he did well this week. I'll, I'll give him that. Well, so the issue with that game, playoff seeding, uh, that's the implication that I think Drew's referring to where uh, only two people are probably going to make it from your division. Adam having that tiebreaker over you is... Uh, it's something to look at. You <laughs> don't have to be concerned. Yeah, I'm not. I play him in Week 14. We'll get him then. Kenny, what do you think about most important game? I'm looking forward to next week, Baron Von Seahawks versus DJ Anonymous. I you could be it. down to 2-2. Two and two. I could be down to 2-3 and three after that game. If and I then, if, yeah, if you lose to Drew, you could be down to 2-3. and three. It's going to be a big ask. Yeah, but that is going to be... I think that's going to be a big game for next week. Or that could give. I do get McCa- I do get McCaffrey back. Yeah, I will say that so far this year, I have not lost to somebody that I should not have lost to. You're going to look at Rob's record. I, I saw Rob about to call his own number. You're going to look at his record and say that I should have beat Rob. But I'm not lying when I say I've got him as a top five roster in the league. It's just the fact that his team hasn't been putting up points. You're saying it's a coaching problem. I think it's a luck problem. Not to be confused with Kev's luck problem, which is that (laughs) Andrew Luck is not that good of a quarterback. In fantasy. He was today. He's good today. Good enough to get him a win? Well, I I believe he was projected to win. I don't quote me. Kev was not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kev. I, I did not know that. It's only projected to be 133 to 93. Ouch. Kenny's got a good team. There's M40 of those points with that. <laughs> well, so much for my luck hot tape. Go ahead and throw <laughs> that in the dumpster right now. However, Kev, if Gronk's on the block, give me a call. Yeah. There you go, Kev, if Gronk's on the block. So we've just got three more questions. Uh, we'll start with Kenny on this one. What needs to happen for you to consider this to be a successful season? Is it just the championship? If you don't get a ring, then you have failed? It's uh, your first year in the it league. It is my first year That's in the league. That's quite a task. Um, I'm going to say making it to the championship game. That would be a success for me. Being the new guy coming in. There's some good teams. Cody went some good teams. In Cody's first two years in the league, he lost in the championship game his first one, and then he ended up winning his second one. Obviously, Le'Veon's holdout was very much hindered as three peeps as far as championship appearances go. How many three peep champions are there in the league? Two. Uh just champions, that would be you and I, Rob. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But remember when I came into this league I told you, I did my history and I said, Your reign is over. You and Rob will not be running this anymore. <laughs> And there's a new sheriff in town. And by three and oh about to be four and oh how many three and O players or three and O teams are there? There are. There's there's, there's two. There's teams? two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't need to throw a league poll out there now. Maybe I'll get one up later. But does anyone think that I am not petty enough to kick Kenny out of the league if it looks like I'm? <laughs> Rob, what success for your championship? I don't care if I'm three. Yeah. 
That's so, what matters. Since about 2012, you have been a failure. It's true. All right. I can admit it. Okay. I've lost it. I've lost in the championship, I think, twice in that time, but yeah, those are both failures. True. I think it's important in a season-long fantasy league to have stepping goals. Get to one goal, look on to the next. So first goal, not let Rob into the playoffs. See, I was going to go along that. Uh, I've got Rob and then Jordan, who I also prefer that doesn't make the playoffs. So that's two people. And that's why we changed the, the playoff structure to keep them out. Yeah. Okay. So first goal, keep Rob out of the playoffs, which is difficult because it means that I have to pay attention to who he's playing each week and <laughs> make sure that they're playing the right players. Uh, second goal, make sure that I make the playoffs. Because you have to make the playoffs to make the championship game. That's true. So then you got to make the championship game. And then once you get to the championship game, don't look ahead. Play that game. <laughs> Win the championship. That's, yeah. I mean, I I guess I'm the only one who doesn't feel that championship is necessarily part of a successful season. We already talked about my number one priority is Rob not making the playoffs. Number two is Jordan not making the playoffs. And then, you know, number three, I just want my team to go out there, play their game, put up 120 points, and whatever happens, happens. Drew Brees did not play his game this week. and I would like to point out, though, that I think Kenny has a, a valid point that making the championship game is, is successful. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that last week, you never know who's going to be starting, who's going to be sitting, preparing for the real NFL playoffs. So sometimes it's out of your control. So making it to the championship, that's not out of your control. Uh, do we remember who Cody beat in the championship last year? Nope. Was it Kevin? I forgot. I don't think it was Kevin. I think Kevin was based on regular season. It's uh, Kevin. It back. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. I remember. That's fine. I, <laughs> I was trying to do the research on the fly. It didn't work out. A three and five seed. Yeah. Proving my point for me, though, that championships are the only thing that matter. No one will remember the second place guy next year. Kenny. <laughs> that's, that's fair. You were the number one seed last year, weren't you? I doubt it. I never am. That doesn't sound like Rob. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Honestly, like right there. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Mariota Cart. Wow. Yeah. I did that with Mariota and Cart. Wow. So, second to last question. This actually comes from Rob, and I think it's a good question. It's, you know, it gets us thinking, it gets me out of my own feedback loop. But Rob says that maybe I focused a little too much on disparaging his team, or there's a number of people have said there's a lot of Baron Von Seahawks talk on the podcast. So who are some of the neglected teams that we're not talking about enough? So since I brought it up, I get a lot of talk on the podcast about my team. Much of it disparaging, like you said, but I don't think you've mentioned Vikings sucks, like, more than twice all season. At least twice. One time I mentioned that he... The resident Packers homer did not start any of his this Packers. This is true. And then the second time I mentioned him was when he changed his name and I didn't bother to say it. But the real one that's bothering me is Jordan Hills has not gotten nearly enough attention on the pod from you. On the pod, no. Um, some of you may have seen the power rankings for this week where I thought that Jordan was a solid playoff team that is not performing well enough to make the playoffs. I do think he has a good team, um, and he's still got a 66% chance of making the playoffs. Um, I think his wide receivers are the best in the league, probably, that tandem. Yeah. 
It's hard to argue with. He needs to move one of them to for a running back if he does have he running wants. backs on his bench. Mixon's been hurt. Yeah, I mean if Mixon comes know back, Chris Thompson and Tarek, Tarek is that Isaiah Cohen? Tree. Yeah, he went off today. I think the biggest problem he has is he has three defenses on his roster. <laughs> that is definitely an elephant <laughs> in the room, and I don't think you'll find one intelligent person on the internet who's out there saying, yes, you need to carry three defenses. <laughs> I think he's got the three best receivers. I I mean, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, and what Golden Tate did today. I think we look at Brown and Thomas a lot, but man, Golden Tate has had more 100-yard games than Antonio Brown. Yeah, and that might say more about the Steelers than it does about Schuster's had yeah, 100-yard games. Yeah. So are you picking Jordan as your teams we don't talk about enough? For me, I think a team we're not talking enough about, even though we have talked about it, is Dak Bader. I think he has got, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins for receivers, Ezekiel Elliott, Marshawn Lynch for running backs. He has Cooper Cup on the bench. Emmanuel Sanders, too, I think. And Emmanuel Sanders. I think Jordan's got the best starting wide receivers. Tyler might be the deepest of wide receiver in the league. Yeah. And After he's at least got Ezekiel Elliott and uh, looked great today too. coming over from that grass. controversial Jordan Howard trade. He may be the GM of the year so far, just in building the depth of that team too, because he's had some really good trades. I, he hasn't made a bad trade yet. No. Um, some people might say that Rob and Kevin are the GMs of the year for making Tyler's team that good. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I would say Kevin is probably a cool. But I would like to point out once more that Dak Prescott on the bench was the correct call. Yes, for. is always the correct call. Yeah. I look at the other side of that matchup, and Bill is going to put up, what did we decide, about 100 and... Like he's projected 128. He's going to lose by 14 going up against Tyler. Uh, he's heavy on the Patriots. Sonny Michelle had a really good game today. Tom Brady's going to Tom Brady. Julio Jones, minus touchdowns. He always has good games. you got to look at, though, Bill's defense scored 28 points. Whew. How often is that? I mean, you give... What's a what's a typical defensive score? Eight, nine, ten? Negative eleven. Negative eleven is not typical. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But his te- his defense was his top scorer. It was. So he scored a lot of points, but he's also I, got Devontae yeah, Parker and Dalvin Cook who were injured. I would say that both of those are starters. And Kenny Galladay coming off the bench. That's And punches off of Vi? Yeah. I'm not writing him off completely yet. All I'm saying There's is that talent there. he's not an 0-4 team. He's not. He's going 0-4. Yeah. Whether he's a 1-3 or a 2-2 two two team, I'm not going to say, but he's not he's an 0-4 team. He's got players in Rome. Yeah. So the final question, who, who do you like in next week's matchups? Uh, I haven't gone through to review my pickums from last week, considering I picked my own team that's probably not going to go super well, but... I want to hear what you guys have to say about next week's matchups. The big one, Baron Von Seahawks versus DJ Anonymous. I'd say, yeah, that's, that's got game of the week potential. Rob, who do you got on that one? Uh, uh, it looks like it's projected me by 10 as of this point. Obviously, there are some changes going to happen. Yeah, I actually am going to side on your side just because I think your running backs are in a better position. Green Hunt going against Jacksonville is a little tough, but 
I think overall your backs are better than his. Um, James Conner against Atlanta does scare me, though. Conner could go nuts in that matchup. Yeah, Atlanta cannot stop. But I don't like Reek against Jacksonville. I think those corners kind of shut him down. And Fournette's a piece of crap. So, yeah. Um, other than that, I think you're going to squeak that one out. All right. Kenny? I look at that one as well. I think you're going to squeak that one out, but it's going to be close. I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard Freeman is close to returning, which could cut into Coleman's carry I have definitely been riding Coleman way more than I should be allowed to ride him. So, but yeah, that Jacksonville defense is legit to Tyreek Hill. Even Cleveland, I mean, I thought Cleveland had a decent run defense. Not after what they showed today, but Alex Collins... And I don't think Beckham's even found the end zone yet, has he, for the Giants? So that's, I mean, you got to kind of say, when is he going to? But then again, Julio he Jones is, hasn't found one. In that's confirmed. Season. He's had two 100-yard receiving games, but he has yet to score a touchdown. So, I mean, you kind of, and that Carolina. Uh, they're that, a good that, defense. I wouldn't call them an elite defense. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's going to be close. I think, you, I think Baron Long Seahawks squeaks it out. I would like Drew to get that win to put a little more space between you and I. And that's hurtful, but in the but we're, we're, it makes sense. We're in the same conference, so yeah, but we're in the same house too, Penny. <laughs> Drew, what do you say about our matchup? Well, there's two ways I can go about this. Yeah, there are. I can either, you know, try and give you credit, and then if I manage to pull out a win, then it's a big upset. But I'm going to take a stand. I'm willing to make a lunch bet right now for next week. Lunch bet accepted because my team will be winning next week. I've got Will Fuller against Dallas. I've got Christian McCaffrey against the Giants coming back. Got Jordan Reed slotting into my tight end position. Possibly a Fournette trade in the future. I'm going to have a win. Yeah. So looking at it, Will Fuller, he left the game. He's questionable for next week. TJ Yeldon plus Fournette does not equal a starting running back still. And, you know, Melvin Gordon's a good running back. I've said it since day one, and I'm going to ride him to the victory. So I think we had three for Trevor versus one for Drew. Obviously some bias in that as two of us are going up against each other. But next matchup I've got is Jace Lowen Fuego versus Rob Lights Kamara Action. Dumbest name in the league, man. <laughs> Drew, who do you like in that game? I'm looking uh, over the line currently it's Rob by thirty. <laughs> I'm hoping. I would like to point out that your projections on that last one actually had me winning. Uh, looking at Rob versus uh, Jislo and Fuego, uh, really matters is uh, who Rob plays at quarterback. Um, if he plays Watson again, then I think it's a guaranteed loss. He finally decides to put Goff in. I actually think that Rob pulls it out. Kenny, I'm gonna go with Rob as well, just because even though he said he's standing pat with trades, <laughs> I really don't think Rob is gonna run Kenny on Drake out there for a third straight week of only getting three yards rushing. <sighs> and even with that, I still think Rob pulls it out, <laughs> even if he does go with Kenny on Drake again. I mean, with that said, the way the Bengals defense looks. I might be tempted to play Kenny Drake, but yeah, I'm taking me. Obviously, it's Kev. I'm not worried. Um, yeah, we're gonna win. Um, it's an uphill battle for Kev, especially with Jordan Howard on bye. Uh, stranger things have happened, but 
I think Kev knows that he's got an uphill battle this week, and they're going to put in the work, but I think they're going to come up a little short. So moving on, let's go to Kenny versus... Oh, that's... Kenny, who do you play next week? Cody. 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 Kenny versus Cody. Rob, who do you like in that one? Um, so, I will say Mahomes has a tougher matchup against Jacksonville next week. Um, but against Cody, it doesn't matter. His team, he's got Trey Burton on by, Fitzpatrick on by. Well, Fitzpatrick's so, not going to start anyways, so. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Stafford. Stafford, but still. Bernard is uh, probably not going to start again. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton's got Miami. I could see Kenny going that way. I. Kenny's team is just a powerhouse. It's not going to be close. Even David Johnson plays against San Francisco next week, and that's a decent matchup, too. So, yeah, I'm taking Kenny and by 20. Kenny, not close. Yeah, I think you've got... So we talked about Tyler Warner for GM of the Year, and that's along the lines of Daryl Morey winning GM of the Year, where he's bringing all these good players and just making some super smart moves. I've got Cody as a... GM of the Year candidate just because of dealing with the injuries that have come his way. Your number one pick goes down. You rely on Fitzmagic, which is magical, but not something you want to rely on. So, the Le'Veon Bell thing, let's not pretend like we didn't know that was a possibility when you drafted it. I don't think it was a very likely possibility. No, but you knew there was a chance. I drafted him in the other league, and I knew very well that there was a good chance Le'Veon could hold out for a week or two. Now, did anybody expect it to be the full period? No, I still don't. But how are you doing in that other league, by the way? Two and two. That sounds like mediocre. Yeah. Everybody but I knew mediocre. The, I knew the risk when I drafted Le'Veon, and a good GM should. So I, I actually think he's more of a Phil Jackson. He just is non-existent, doesn't make any deals, and really doesn't do much with his team. Hmm. I also think a good GM would be making some offers with Le'Veon. Even if it's not to me, because Connors... To somebody else, try and get something for your team. Especially the way it's trending. I think he's got solid wide receivers as far as starters go. Mm-hmm. I assume the Dolphins are a streaming option of defense. But I can see the criticism of not moving Le'Veon. I agree with that. Um, and I agree that Kenny's a tough matchup for anyone. I put up 125 points, 120 points. And still lost by a decent margin, so... Having Hogan and Ross and Blue on your bench, just taking those spots, doesn't seem like great GM work either. I believe John Ross got a touchdown today. Put up 11.2 points. Two catches. And I've heard heard multiple times today that Andy Dalton is good. (laughs) (laughs) He's looked good. I say we don't write off John Ross yet. I think he deserves a spot on... And... With Jameis Winston coming in, Cameron Brait moves up as far as actual players on Cody's bench. It's a yeah. slight move, but... That, that'll look real good next week when they're both on bye, both of his tight ends. <laughs> uh, but I do have George Kittle on my bench if anyone's looking. Cody, if anyone's looking for a tight end. Um, did we? Did everyone put in their picks for that one? Kenny. 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 Who you got? I'm going to take Kenny. All right. So that was unanimous. Um, we got... That is a Should we look at Burke and... Burke Back Mountain versus Hysterical Heroes? Yes. Drew, why don't you start us off with that one? Uh, so the line is Burke Back is projected to score 96.5, and Hysterical Heroes is projected to score 89.8. Uh, looking for buys, Mike Evans is on a buy for Burke Back, and O.J. Howard on Hysterical Heroes. 
So Tariq Cohen and one of his three defenses, the Bears are also on by. Yeah, one of his three defenses. Um, I'm going to go with Burke back. I think that uh probably see Carson Wentz next week in for Burke. And, uh, Maybe, but I really like <laughs> anyone going up against the Falcons' defense right now. Yeah. That's a good and point. Ben Roethlisberger is the kind of quarterback that can make them hit. That is ben Minnesota hasn't shown down. a propensity to stop any kind of passing game either. Not even the Bills. Um, and then Todd Gurley. Just going to ride Gurley as long as he can. Going up against our Seahawks, whose run defense is suspect at best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Burke. Kenny, what do you got? I'm going to go with Hysterical Heroes, Jordan. Jordan, what the shout-out. How is that? Just, well, I think, yeah, Ben and Todd Gurley for Burke. That's, but I think that's going to be it for him. I don't think Royce Freeman's anything. I think the Seahawks are going to surprise some people next week. I think They're Russell Wilson is going to be Wilson throwing. It's going to be throwing. And I think Antonio Brown finds the end zone a couple more times, has that 100-yard game. I think Michael Thomas has those 15 catches like he always does. I'm gonna go. With, I think a big one is Joe Mixon. Whether he comes back next week, he has just reading on there. He's been. That's the thing. It's, it's not that Jordan doesn't have good running backs. He doesn't have that consistent bell cow. Yeah, like Mixon can come back. I mean, I think Mixon was before he got hurt. Exactly. I mean, 17 carries, 21 carries, 25 yards, 84. I think he even had a couple catches. So. I mean, I don't think coming off injury, he's going to be at that. But I think for Burke, I think those are the only two guys that really score for next week is Roethlisberger and Gurley, and then there's going to be a bunch of twos, threes, and I will say maybe even some ones. Ooh. I will say we made fun of uh, Jordan for the three defenses, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that Burke has a backup quarterback to the backup quarterback that he has on the bench. <laughs> uh, is that Nick Foles we're referring to? Yes. Yeah. Nice. That's a, also a bold strategy. Yeah. So he has Wentz and Foles. Yes. And two IR available players who are not on his reserve spot. So there's some questionable moves. Some people wonder if Burke's actually making any moves, but. I think Jordan. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, so I think Jordan takes it as long as he doesn't play Lamar Miller, brings Chris Thompson into his lineup. Jordan, I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> also gets OJ Howard out of the lineup, picks up any tight end that's going to get points, preferably Jared Cook, um, and then doesn't play the Seahawks defense. You I have can't. three, use one of them. I can't imagine the Seahawks defense are going in again, and that's coming from the guy wearing a Seahawks defense jersey. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as long as Jordan manages his team, he should be fine. Plus, there's a good chance Burke doesn't actually take Mike Evans out of his lineup. So, I like Jordan, which hurts to say, by the way. It does. I am also taking Jordan. I personally believe that Kenny, Jord, Bill, and I represent the toughest division in the league currently. And that's what I like about Jordan. I think, like I said, Russell Wilson's going to be throwing. I, I mean, Chris Thompson you like against New Orleans because... I mean, they also can't play defense, but I don't hate Lamar Miller against Dallas. Did you say Burks in your division? No. You mean Bill? No. You said Bill. Bill. Yeah. Uh, Golden Tate's probably not going to keep up at this pace, but Michael Thomas might. What else else is the line going to do? Trade for Le'Veon Bell? (laughs) I'm not getting that hot yet. Well, I think that's... That was all of my interview questions. Any unresolved issues before we sign off? You just ignoring these last couple games? 
Mine keeps switching back to the previous one. So let's go on to the new one. Rob, who you got? <laughs> so I guess we're doing the Dak Vader versus Patty Cakes, right? Yeah. So Dak Vader versus Patty Cakes. You're going to go with Warner's team. Yeah, we'll just take Tyler here. Tyler. Okay, we're done with that one. <laughs> well, I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, you're projected totals of 140 and 66. Yeah. Adam's got some moves to make. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind, he's not technically a Panthers homer, but Cam Newton's coming off the bench. Uh-huh. Yeah, that Christian McCaffrey deal. Yeah. No, Mark Ingram was the one that I was thinking of. Mark Ingram will also be back next week. Assuming that Adam makes sure they get into his lineup. I think Adam's in a good groove as far as, you know, maintaining his league. Uh, I will say that projection is off, because Adam's got a lot of his bench players that are going to be in his starting lineup, but... I believe I'm on record as having doubted Adrian Peterson earlier in the season. I am not going to doubt Adrian Peterson going forward. I mean, not against the Saints, I'm not. No. That's a revenge game. It is a revenge game. But George, seriously, play Thompson next week. Um, All of that being said, I do think that it would take a bit of bad luck for Tyler to lose to Adam, so I am going to stick with Dak Vader as my vote. The last game is what, Vikings suck versus Team Slow White Ugly? Yep. And then Rob, start us off. What you got? Um, so that one's projected to go Bill's way. Uh, Bill doesn't actually win, so that's weird. But yeah, um, no, I'll take Bill next week. Uh, one, he probably won't be starting the Seahawks backup tight end as he was injured today. Yeah, I don't think it really. I mean, for Dan, it just comes down to do the Packers go off. It is the Lions, so there's a chance they could. Um, but. I think this game will be closer than I thought originally, but I do think Bill squeak it out. I think, yeah, not confident, but yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm right there with Rob on that. I think it's. I'm not confident in it either, but I'm gonna go with Bill on it. It just shoot extra about <laughs> the tight end situation and getting down to it because he's still hurt. He's on his IR. Uh, he was hurt probably going into this week. I don't believe he's hurt. Definitely get Kenny Galladay in there against the Packers. Yes. Dan, because that'll be a nice little shootout in case that happens. I do happen to know that Will is a friend of the podcast, so whether or not a text is sent out, he will be hearing this. Yeah. Bill squeaks it by. Drew. Bill gets off the snide. Gets oh. his first W. Now that his first one. <sighs> I, I want to pick Bill. I don't know that I can pick, though. I think it's a little bit of nepotism, maybe? It could be nepotism. It could be that I wasn't impressed with Detroit's defense, Buffalo's <coughs> defense, Arizona's defense, San Francisco's defense, or the Chargers' defense. I think Dan's got some really good matchups coming up. I don't think Bill Powell is a good player. Obviously, we talked about maybe him not starting, but I also don't think that Julio's going to find the end zone. I don't know if he'll ever find the end zone again. So I don't think Julio needs to find the end zone to do what Julio does, though. Yeah, it helps. If he does, he has a nuts game. But he caught, what, six for 170 yards today or something? Keep in mind Nine that the three of yeah. you have Bill squeaking it out. I think the Julio touchdown is the difference. In it. If he gets it, then I think Bill wins. If he doesn't get it, I think that At does. Pittsburgh, man, that could be a shootout. I do think Bill's got a team that's ripe for some trades, too. I will say that. Like, I, I think his roster... You're standing pat. I am, ish. Um, <laughs> I, I think Bill's team, with a few tweaks and some offers, could get a lot better. Uh, probably not offer some from Rob if he's looking to get his team better. I accept offers, though. You make offers. I don't know that you've ever 
accepted an offer to see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna cut it off right there. <laughs> Any hot takes before we wrap this up? I've got my hot takes. I'll save them for the end. You'll have to wait till Thursday to hear them. But. Um, well, I mean, I already guaranteed the playoffs. So. That was a pretty spicy hot take. Guaranteeing the playoffs when you're currently 0-3, I think, qualifies, right? Yeah. So that's my hot take. Uh, Drew and I have a lunch bag going for next week's matchup. Any other hot takes from Drew? Uh, you can expect some trade offers. All right. Probably this week. Yeah, that's what I thought about last week, and there was very little movement as far as transactions were concerned. So, so I, I think we'll I, see if you guys are just talking uh, big, or if you're gonna see what happens. Money where your mouth I'm is. specifically talking to you, Trev. I'm sending you an offer right now. I told you that my whole team is on the block. Yeah. So you said with Hunt, man, that would give me three Chiefs though. So that's hard. I I'm interested in Hunt, but I would. It's like I mean, if the Chiefs have an off game, that's. Traditionally, I don't do any research before the podcast, and going with that tradition, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Chiefs have the number one offense right now, so having three... Mahomes doesn't check down. Don't get hunt. Leave him out. You don't need him. I, I don't know. Let someone I'd else be more interested it. in Gordon, but you're high on Gordon. Gordon's on the bench, though, and once again, I have my team there. is on the block. He also went into the medical tent awaiting results. Yeah. Uh, did you have any hot takes, Kenny, or just you're looking to make some moves as well? Yeah, I, I think it'll be a much busier transaction week as far as trades go. Um, I know I've got a couple guys that it appears will be out for the season. You can try trading those. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Rob's I, a good candidate. I have mm-hmm. seen Jordan Howard for Z, so I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Tyler Eifert for. Uh, how about that Todd Gurley, injury, by the way? That was oh. ugly. I mean, so he's, I mean, he wasn't starting, but that does give me a bench spot. So I need to look at what free agents are on there, or maybe do a three for two deal or two for three. So a I mini mean, hot take, not one of my official hot takes, is that if it is a busy week as far as trades are concerned, it's going to happen in this room. That's probably it's very true. Stay up, Pat. Part of me wants to offer you a ridiculous trade just to prove that you're not going to stay Pat. But the other part of me knows that you're going to offer a ridiculous trade instead of standing back. I mean, it's hard to trade Kenny and Drake and JHI, let's be honest. They're kind of forcing my hand. That's, yeah. So does Burke not start? I mean, does he not look at trades? Well, I have a couple of friends who actually play some co-ed softball with Burke, and... You know, he he gets mad playing softball. It's a good task. Does he know that we officially changed, we as a league officially changed his name to Birkback Mountain? You know, he's been on vacation, so I don't even know. He's on vacation in the middle of the Pacific Ocean where he doesn't have 4G LTE or Wi-Fi. I mean, it's Seattle, it's, so yeah. there's not much good going on there. No, but I'm pretty sure that they've the got... The Matters make the playoffs. They've got all that Amazon and Microsoft internet up there. I Yeah, I would think, but I have seen him win a matchup where he's started players. Talk to her when do that. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, and we appreciate your input. We appreciate the effort week in and week out that you guys are putting in there. Rob, especially you, after 0-3, some people would have given up. Some people would have said, yeah, 12% chance of making the playoffs isn't enough for me to keep going. But you put me in my place, I'll own that, and we'll see going forward what happens. Guaranteed the playoffs. Guaranteed the playoffs.
My hot take, I guess it's not really a hot take, but are you going to continue saying my team averages 45 after this week? Growing up on 60. I think that brings your team average down to about 100 points a week. Maybe a little bit. Um, I reserve the right to say 100 instead of 100. <laughs> <laughs> but also, our game is to go out there and put up 125 points a game, and that will always be our game. Some games we don't go out there and we don't play our game. And that's on us and nobody else. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that 80 points is our game. Well, wasn't that something? I hope to have more discussions like that on the podcast going forward. I think I personally could do a better job at involving more people in the league and then also educating those who are less experienced in fantasy football. I think we've got a plethora of experience as far as fantasy football goes. And my goal for the league is for there to be 11 super competitive guys. And then my team just head and shoulders above all the other teams. But, you know, I want the other teams to be competitive. So hopefully the rising tide raises all ships there. Uh, Quickly, we'll go over the playoff odds and then current playoff seeding. Kenny is sitting at a 99% chance of making the playoffs i'd call that basically a lock uh, number two in the playoff odds we've got drew at 90 percent number three yours truly at 85 percent that is based i believe mostly on the fact that i have two losses rather than three and then i am the second highest scoring team in the league and the tiebreaker uh, is points four so that's where that's coming from. Then we'll go on to Tyler Warner, Dak Vader, our resident up-and-comer. He is sitting at a 77% chance of making the playoffs. And actually, the person who I am tied with as far as record goes for that last playoff spot is Jordan. He's sitting at a 72% chance. That might be a little high just because... Uh, the tiebreaker is first record and then points four. Uh, he isn't super high on points four. I, without looking, I'd guess middle of the pack. So he might be lower than the experts are giving him credit for. Uh, just a little lower than Jordan. We've got Burke sitting at a 69% chance. That's probably pretty accurate. He'll be the number two seed in his division if things keep going this way which means that uh, he's also in a wild card spot once again we've got the three divisional winners and the three wild cards as those who are going to the playoffs moving on we've got dan at a 60 percent chance he's got his division uh, which means that that 60 percent is probably a little higher than is reflected here rob He actually nearly doubled his playoff odds by his moves and his hard-fought win over me. And that still only puts him at as a 20% chance. So, like I said in the power rankings, not high enough for me to be changing my name to the word playoffs. Dot, dot, dot. You hope for the best. And if that's the way he hopes, then good on him. Adam is... A little lower than that. He's at 10%. Uh, Down here, we're 
probably looking for a major swing for people to be making the playoffs. Uh, after Adam at 10, we've got Kevin at 9% chance. Uh, stacking up all the BYU players might, you know, he might get the heaven vote as far as wild card. And, you know, the Broncos won a playoff game with the heaven vote, so you never know there. Um, moving further down, we've got our defending champion, Cody Christensen, a.k.a. Pot- Pocket Dogs, sitting at an 8% chance of making the playoffs. I've got to think that something crazy would happen for him to make the playoffs, but crazy things happen. It's it's a crazy game. And then with the lowest playoff odds, we've got Bill. Uh, once again, I don't. he's not an 0-4 team. I will die on that hill. He's not an 0-14. He's better than that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if I wouldn't put a past Rob for some sort of voodoo magic. But Bill has a 3% chance of making the playoffs as of this recording. So with those playoff odds, let's move on to the current playoff bracket. The number one seed, uh, who would have a bye, would number... Teams 1 and 2 both have a bye, so that would be Kenny at number 1, Drew at number 2. Kenny would face the winner of the 4 versus the 5 seeds, which Dan is the 4 seed, Burke is the 5 seed, or vice versa. I wrote down who was playing, but I didn't actually write down their seeds, so take your pick. And then in the other wildcard round, you've got the number three seed, Tyler Warner, going up against the number six seed and final playoff team and three-time champion of the league and your commissioner, Trevor. Uh, so if, you're, if your name wasn't called on that list, it's not looking good for the playoffs. I think about making a move, or maybe you know something we don't, and... You're sitting pretty where you are. I'll quickly review the pick from last week. I actually ended up getting all of my picks right, except for my team, which I picked to win over Rob, which was not the case. Um, quickly recapping my picks for this week from the interview, I've got myself winning over Drew, probably at this point more of a hope pick than anything else, but you do what you do. I've got Jordan over Burke, though I do want to make it public that Burke did pull Mike Evans out of his lineup, which means that Burke is at least checking his lineup, whether or not he's noticed his new team name or any of the trade offers that have been sent his way. I cannot confirm, but he has made a roster move. Moving on, I've got Rob over Kev, which, you know, kills me to say, but... Kev's best player, Jordan Howard, is on a bye this week. And if you believe in the Chargers, and when I say believe in the Chargers, I mean believe that the Chargers offense is going to play from behind, then you've got to like Rob's chances there. He's pretty Chargers heavy. Uh, So that's who I'm going to pick there. As far as Tyler versus Adam, we talked about in the podcast, Ty is just out of this world stacked. I've got Kenny winning over Cody. Once again, I'd prefer that Kenny lost and Cody won. Not, you know, out of some sort of deference for the reigning champion, more of 
I want to knock Kenny down a peg. He's he's looking down on the cat and I. That's got to stop. We got we got to establish our dominance in the fantasy football world. And then the final matchup. I don't actually remember who I picked in the interview. So go back and review that because I'm not going to. Final segment before signing off. Uh, the segment's called Hot Takes. And when I say called, I mean I refer to it as Hot Takes. It doesn't have a name. I actually had a really good conversation with Kenny the other day about trade values and how like how you facilitate a trade without knowing like you don't know what any player is worth every every fantasy football player has uh, their own method of determining value as far as who wins or loses trades or how you get trades done. Uh, Kenny, as well as other people around the league, I've actually received flack for it for years, don't believe in the rankings put out by, say, I believe Eric Carabell still does uh, rest of season ranking. There's one on CBS. There's one on Fantasy Pros. I mean, anywhere you look as far as fantasy football is concerned, somebody's got a rest of season ranking which is what I tend to use as far as trade value goes. We did get some insights as far as trade values within the interview, so if you're looking to make some more trades, I'd give that another listen whenever you get a chance. But some things that I thought, and I guess my explanation for why I like to use the rankings, even if uh, me personally, I happen to average a couple of different sites just because... I believe in the law of large numbers. The more data you have, the closer you're going to be to the actual outcome. So I try to achieve that on my my own small scale. But things that I think need to be considered when you are creating your own trade values, um, I think the biggest thing has to be the points that are expected to score. I think the hard part getting away from rankings as far as that goes is I don't know who's going to score 0.7 touchdowns this year and I don't know how many yards somebody's going to run on in three quarters of a game before they get benched so that's that's where I find it helpful to refer to the people who do this for a living rather than as a as a hobby but I think a lot of that information you can obtain I don't want to say intuitively but with less effort than you would expect Uh, I think going into that though you have to realize that it is nearly impossible to guess how many points somebody's going to score for the rest of the season so you've kind of got yourself a range there you'll see it referred to as the ceiling somebody has or the floor somebody has Um, You have guys that they're never going to go out there and score 20 points in a game. They're always going to have somewhere between 8 and 12 points. Uh, You have to weigh in that consistency versus the chance of the boom or the bust and how that affects your team. Uh, You also have to include the odds of hitting their ceiling or hitting their floor or falling somewhere in between. Uh, You have a guy like Jonas Gray from a couple of years ago who one week out of the middle of nowhere has, it was something like 32 fantasy points. I don't know, and I'm not going to look it up. 
but it was out of the blue, so you know he's got a ceiling of at least 33 because he's already scored that. However, he had scored maybe five points tops in the previous seven weeks, and he was definitely scoring zero to five points way more often than he was scoring 30 points plus, and he that 30-plus game was actually the only one he ever had. I don't know that he's still in the NFL anymore. Uh, but the point is that even with ceiling for average projection, there's a lot of guesswork when it comes to rankings. Another thing to consider is positional scarcity. There are very few really good tight ends. There are a couple of okay tight ends, and then basically everyone else is the same. So it doesn't really matter if you have Benjamin Watson or if you have, uh, say, Nick Vanett from Seattle. If they score a touchdown, then the gamble's going to pay off. If they don't score a touchdown, then you're going to be worse off than the majority of the people. But uh, unless you've got, like, Gronk, Ertz, or Kelsey, a tight end's a pretty big gamble. So you got to value the consistent tight ends a little bit more than you otherwise would. Uh, and then the last thing that I think you need to calculate into your own rankings as far as trades go is the likelihood of injury. So you've got guys like, I hate to keep bringing him up, but Tyler Eifert, he went out and broke his ankle, I want to say, last week. Uh, he has struggled with back injuries. He's struggled with knee injuries. So while I think he's a super talented tight end, it's pretty likely that he gets injured at some point during any given season, which makes it unlikely that he scores the amount of projected points. So you've got to discount his value there. So in my mind, and I guess in defense of being a slave to the rankings, I think there's a lot of statistics, mathematics, and probabilities that go into those professional rankings that we are not putting in if we are trying to devise our own system. But I also think there's a lot of subjective information that experienced fantasy players kind of intuitively figure out. And so there's no right or wrong way to go about rankings. What you just want to do is make sure that you're on the same page as far as rankings go with whoever you're trading. And by that, I mean that it might take more than just sending out a trade offer. Uh, it, there probably needs to be some dialogue back and forth as far as, oh, I think this guy is, I'm super high on this guy, or I'm not quite as high on this guy, so I'm not super interested in him, but I'm high on this other guy, so if you wanted to include him, we could get this deal done. Things like that, I think trying to establish uh, some sort of ranking system for your own players uh, to facilitate trades will end up in more trades being made. Not that we have a super big problem with that, but as other people have mentioned, I think the lead's more fun as there are more trades. So a little piece of aimless rant from me. That's the end of our show. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week, unless sooner. Uh, I'll be watching football on my house on Sunday, probably with a few buddies, and, you know, as always, just shooting the breeze over football and fantasy football, more importantly. So, you can make it. I'll be here. Later.